My name is Joel, and I am one of the community pastors here. Uh, it's good to be with you this morning. Um, yeah, if we could start and just take a deep breath. I need to take a deep breath this morning, and then one deep one, not a bunch of small ones, because then you'll hyperventilate and defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> so join me in just uh, taking a deep breath. Father God, we come this morning um, from a lot of different spaces and places with a lot that may be going through our minds, things that are going and happening in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools, and at times can feel overwhelming. And so we come and we give you this time, this space, our attention to hear your word, to learn from your word. And Lord, in turn, that we would be empowered by your spirit to go out and live according to your ways and your works and your word. So give us this time as we come. In Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, it's good to be with you this morning. I had a great experience this week. Um, Lisa and I had the chance to go to Hamilton. Um, It was an amazing show. And um, one of the storylines that kind of goes through Hamilton um, is this idea that Alexander Hamilton is in pursuit of political power and influence. He talks about not giving away his shot. Actually, he sings that he's not going to give away his shot. Um, And the story um, follows Hamilton up the ranks of his political power and at what cost it is to him. He is so focused and determined on fulfilling his vision that he leaves a wake of pain, hurt, and death behind him. Today, we're not going to follow the story of Hamilton. We're going to follow the story of Jacob. And this is a man who chases blessing. And the wake of pain and hurt and death that follows behind him is the story we're going to look at. But first, I want to talk about um, this idea of blessing. We all walk in here with a different idea of blessing, right? Um, There's so many different ways that we interpret the word blessing. Um, So I want to take us back to Genesis when God created uh, the heavens and the earth. And then he created the living creatures. And it says that God blessed them. Uh, He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on earth. And so that was his blessing for the creatures. And then he created man and woman in his own image. And he has a similar blessing. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. But then he adds, and partner with him to extend that blessing to all the earth. And I get that because if you read, it says that there is that additional blessing is this, that God says to have dominion over the earth. So, The way I would kind of narrow that down, that blessing down, is this, that blessing is 
the God-given authority to partner with him for the flourishing of the world. We'll hear a lot about blessing in the story of Jacob today. So keep that working definition in your mind. The God-given authority to partner with him for the flourishing of the world. If you were with us last week, we started a series called Here I Am. It's a series where we'll be looking at people um, in, throughout the story of God. And, we'll learn to, and, and they learn to listen and make themselves available to God. Don took us through the story of Abraham last week and how God makes a covenant with Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and he would be given land for flourishing. We'll call that the covenant blessing, right? God's given authority to partner with him for the flourishing of the world. In that covenant and blessing of Abraham, we would have, he would have his faith, faith tested. Yet he learns to trust and listen to God even throughout his lifetime. He's learning to listen. So today we're going to continue looking at Abraham's family through the story of his grandson, Jacob. And I'm going to, here's a spoiler alert. I'm going to give away the whole plot line right now so that while you follow along, you can see the theme. All right. Jacob's story is found in Genesis 25 through 50. So 25 chapters, we see the life of Jacob. It's all about a guy who doesn't believe he's going to be to get God's blessing. So he spends his life hurting everyone around him. He tries to scheme and steal the blessing of abundance for himself. Instead of trusting God and trusting God um, that and trusting God that he would give Jacob the blessing that he's desiring. So let's start in Genesis 25, 21 through 26. So we're going to look at Isaac. Isaac is, is Abraham's son, right? And it says, And Isaac prayed for the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So Rebecca conceives after being barren, but she feels the struggle inside her belly, right? So she goes to God and talks to God, and God tells, promises Rebecca that the second son will rule over the firstborn. It's a plot twist. 
You see, God is going to choose the second son. That's a contradiction to the practices of the Near East culture, where the firstborn was always inheriting the father's wealth and estate. When these two sons were born, Esau came out first, but right behind him, on his heels, literally, Jacob is grabbing onto that heel, right? Jacob means heel grabber or surplanter. This will be the theme of Jacob's uh, life, repeatedly trying to usurp his brother and grab the older brother's blessing. We quickly move from that birth narrative to the next story in Genesis 25, 27 through 34. When the boys grow up, it says in verse 27, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, and Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, Sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what, of what use is the birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. What's happening here? <laughs> what, what is the birthright? The birthright is an inheritance of leadership of the family and the judicial authority of the father. So... Esau just sold his birthright, his inheritance, his authority as the head of the, the household when his father dies. That better have been some good soup, right? So he, he, he gave up his birthright. This gets better. Isaac, when he gets older, his eyes start to give out. And he's weak, and he knows it's about time for him to pass away. So he wants to give the blessing of the firstborn to Esau. Rebekah hears about this and then calls for Jacob. And they devise a scheme together to steal the firstborn blessing. They're able to deceive Isaac, and Jacob gets blessed with the firstborn blessing. What's that about? The firstborn blessing is about fruitfulness and flourishing. It's about growing a family. It's about having fullness and multiplying and flourishing. So ironically, the blessing that Jacob steals, the birthright of authority... And the firstborn blessing, multiplication, and flourishing are the things he steals. God had already destined for Jacob to have this all along. Jacob's either unaware 
of what God said about what he was going to do, or he just couldn't believe it, so he spends his energy trying to scheme and sees the very thing God promised him already. It's not hard for us to see ourselves in the story already, right? I mean, maybe we don't realize the invitation that God has for us, the invitation to partner with him for the flourishing of the world. Maybe it's that. We don't recognize that God has invited us into partnership with him for the flourishing of the world. Or maybe we do, but we don't trust that God will provide in a timely manner the things that we think would bless us, that he would make us fruitful, make us flourish, or give us the authority to do so. So we dream and we scheme to find a way to get a blessing on our own. When we do that, when we're looking to flourish and we're dreaming and scheming, sometimes the world sees that and they say, man, that's resourceful. That's driven. We celebrate that in people and sometimes we even write musicals about it, right? Friends, sometimes we have to slow down. We have to be aware of the pace that God is working on. When it comes to receiving the blessing, sometimes we're so ready to grab and grasp that blessing. We're so eager that we move past and ahead of God's design. So we'll move on and see what happens with Jacob. You can imagine after being tricked out of his birthright and his blessing that Esau is crazy mad. And he literally wants to kill Jacob. Rebekah hears about that. He hears about Esau's anger and his plot to kill Jacob. So she sends him off to his brother Laman's home. Jacob flees Beersheba and heads to Haran. That's not a short distance. If you look at this slide, the bottom Beersheba is down here near Jerusalem, and that's a long way to Haran. So he heads out. Along the way, he comes to a place called Luz, and he lays down to rest his head. And as he's resting that night, he has a dream, a dream of a ladder going from the earth to the heavens where angels are ascending and descending. And at the top of the ladder, the Lord stands. In the account in Genesis 28, 13, 15, this is what Jacob sees and hears. He says, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. 
And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to the land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. If Jacob didn't know about the promise before, he does now. He's so floored by this dream and this word from God that he builds a monument, a pillar, and pours oil over it that signifies that this is a holy and anointed place. And he renames it and calls it Bethel, house of God. So he builds a monument to remember that promise that was given to him. Jacob continues his journey north. So he continues to Haran, where his uncle Laban lives, and he stays there for 20 years. The stories in this part of the in this part of Jacob's life are horrendous and crazy, and I'm not going to get into it, but basically Jacob and Laban take turns deceiving one another. And Jacob begins to build wealth. He starts to multiply his his flocks of goats and sheep. And so he also multiplies his family. By the end of 20 years, he now has four wives and 12 sons. That's not including the daughters. From the outside, we would consider this a blessed man in the culture, right? But his wives are rivals. And so are his children. His family is divided and constantly hurt by each other. And it stems from Jacob's own failure to trust God. He remains determined to seize God's gifts by force and at the expense of others. So in other words, he seems to have created a life of blessing According to the culture standard, he has authority, he's, he's multiplied his wealth, and he is flourishing. But in that 20 years, it's marked by trickery and deceit. And Jacob and Laban continue to grasp and manipulate to receive the blessing. But God is faithful. He always is. God shows up in Genesis 31, 11, after these 20 years, and he speaks to Jacob. It says this, The angel of God said to me in a dream, and Jacob, uh, in the dream, Jacob, and I said, here I am. So Jacob is retelling this story to his wives, and he said, this is what happened. God came to me in a dream, and he called me Jacob. And I said, here I am. And then God responds in verse 13, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise and go out from this land and return to the land of your kindred. Go back to where you came from. Go back to where your original family is. So Jacob listens 
I think it might be the first time he listens since that time in Bethel. Jacob headed back down south with his family and all his livestock, his flock. But he's still afraid. Even after the promises that God would be with him, he's still afraid because Esau is still back home and probably still wants to kill him, right? The night before he enters into his homeland, he begins to send out his family first. He sends his kids, he sends his wives before he goes in to try and make peace. And we find that he is alone one night. He's alone, and then a man that we're told later is God shows up, and they begin to wrestle. They wrestle through the night. I can't imagine what it is like to physically wrestle with God, but he does. They struggle through the night, and then in Genesis 32:22 it says, "When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him." Now, as I did a study on this this part of the of the story. I came across um, Tim Mackey's interpretation of this wrestling. Tim Mackey is the, um, leads the Bible Project. He's a Hebrew and Old Testament scholar, right? So in the Hebrew, I went and looked it up after I heard him talk about this. In the Hebrew, touched can mean strike. Socket is a hollow socket, like in your, well, in the hip, Right? And the hip can also mean not just your thigh, but your loins. So, this could also be interpreted as this. God might have, could have actually punched Jacob in the groin, in his loins, so hard that it displaced his hip socket. Could you imagine that? Think about it. The biological source of his fruitfulness, because Jacob wasn't receiving God's blessing, and he kept scheming for the blessing, God wounds him in the place that allowed him to generate his own blessing. God wounds him in the place that allowed him to generate his own blessing. Multiplication. Do I need to go any farther? Like, okay. Okay. It's pretty visual. I'm not going to ask anyone to come up and just, I'll demonstrate, right? But he got hit in the private parts and it dislocates his hip. That's not how I grew up reading the story. But even after that, Jacob won't let go of God until he receives a blessing. So God says, what is your name? And he says, 
Jacob. And he says, no longer will your name be Jacob, the grabber. Your name will now be Israel, the one who wrestles with God. For the rest of Jacob's life, or Israel's life, he walks with a limp. He's humbled. And we see a significant change in his heart, in his character. He's no longer striving and grabbing. He's walking with a humble limp. Jacob is reunited with his brother Esau in peace, and he settles outside of Sacketh. And so if you look on the map, this is the return of Jacob to his home country. The very promise that God had given him before. God fulfills his promise to Jacob and was with him even though Jacob was grabbing and striving for the blessing. Even if God had to punch him in the groin to humble him, he was still willing to keep his promise. Here's what I want us to understand. You can trust that God will give you the blessing you need in the time and way you need it. Or you can go about grabbing and taking the blessing that you see as good in your own eyes. You can go about, you can trust that God is willing to give you the blessing you need in the time you need it. Or you can go about grabbing and taking the blessing that you see as good in your own eyes. What we see in this Jacob story is that when we take matters into our own hands, when we reach and grab and scheme and plot to get the blessing, it's opposite of blessing. It actually becomes the opposite of blessing. Blessing is this, God given authority to partner with him for the flourishing of the world. So the opposite is striving and grabbing that leads to unflourishing, unflourishing, pain and hurt to the world around us, to the people around us. We actually bring a curse, the opposite of blessing, when we strive when we grab and we go ahead of God. Like Jacob, we can often forget to partner with God. It's a partnership with God. So, Jacob ends his life with Joseph in Egypt. And it says this. It says, 
he, he pulls Jacob in and gives him his blessing, Joseph's blessing. He says, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz, or Bethel, in the land of Canaan, and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make you uh, make of you a company of peoples, and will give the land to your offspring after you, uh, af- after you for an everlasting possession. So Jacob is able to give that blessing on to his son Joseph. Friends, as, as we look at Jacob's story, we we can look to Christ at the same time. There's a similar blessing that Jesus gives the disciples and gives us. In John 14, 15 through 17, it says this. Jesus, talking to his disciples, says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because It neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. This is a blessing, a God-given authority to partner with him through the Holy Spirit for the flourishing of the world. And he is with you forever. Not only with you, he lives within you. Holy Spirit, the helper that Jesus has designated to fill our lives. So we do receive a blessing. And we can live a blessed life. When we submit to the Holy Spirit. When we partner with the Holy Spirit. When we are patient and wait on the Holy Spirit. Here's a couple questions for you to process this week. What perceived blessing are you are you desiring and striving for? What is the perceived blessing that you desire and are striving for? Whether it be about power and authority, whether it be about flourishing in your life. Is it a true blessing? that God desires for you. Here's how you can discern it. Would he partner with you for that flourishing? Right? If you're wondering if the thing that you're desiring actually is a blessing from God, would he actually partner with you for that type of flourishing? Does it help the world and the people around you flourish as well? And finally, how is he asking you to partner with him? Are you willing to humble yourself and move at his speed? How is he asking you to partner with him? Notice that I said partner with him. He's, it's not the question of how is God partnering with you, right? It's not what you want. 
and where you're going. We're actually partnering with God. How are we partnering with him for the flourishing of the world? Are you willing to humble yourself and move at the speed of Jesus? I'm going to ask the band to come up and finish us out and lead us in a time of worship through music. But I feel like this, this message was really challenging for me. Um, one, because there was so much. 25 chapters of Jacob's life and you're trying to whittle it down to 30 minutes. Did I hit 30 minutes? But you try and whittle this down. But the heart of the matter comes back to this. Am I chasing after blessings for my own good and for my own authority and flourishing? Or am I seeking God's blessing for the world, for the flourishing of the world? The blessing that came from the very beginning in the garden. And I think that's where we have to just kind of keep going back to asking ourselves. Is this about me or is it about God's world partnering with God for the flourishing of the world? Let's pray. Lord, we come to you knowing that we race on ahead, that sometimes we take the blessing and we make it about ourselves. Sometimes we seek the blessing more than we seek the one who blesses. So Lord, we repent of that. We want to be changed. We want to pursue you and pursue the work that you're doing in our world. And so, would you guide us? Holy Spirit, would you be our helper? Would we learn to listen to your voice and partner with you and say, here I am, and follow you where you are going? We ask this in your name. Amen.